1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much, my man Chad Brown. In for Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X Channel 80 and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. One of our favorite moments of the week is when it happens this time each and every week at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock in the West Coast. Because it's time to put some money in your pocket with Christmas right around the corner. Nobody does that better. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst. Great follow on Twitter at Aaron Kate Dolan. Before we get to... Other matters, because we're calling this weekend must-win weekend mm-hmm. in the National Football League. And it involves my Cowboys and your Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to that. We kick things off tonight. Rams versus Saints, two seven, and 7-7 seven teams. Who do you like in this matchup between two teams that can ill afford a loss on must-win weekend that to starts tonight?
2: So right now the Rams are laying 4.5 points. It's moved down between minus 4.5 to minus 4. It feels like it's too easy to bet the Rams in this right. spot just based on how they've been playing. Uh, you got the total at 45.5 Right now, and if you do like the Saints to win outright, it's plus 175 on ESPN bet. But the one thing that I'm liking in this matchup is going to be the Rams side of things. Their team totals at 24 and a half. I think they can hit over this mark. I think the Saints defense is a little bit overrated just because they have played inferior competition the last two weeks. Okay, They held opponents to six points. That was against Bryce Young, Tommy DeVito. And then for the whole season, they came into it with the easiest schedule. So, yes, the defense has, quote-unquote, looked better than the offense, which isn't... Too difficult to do in some uh, some weeks, but I do think that the Saints, just knowing how they've been looking, should be able to roll in this spot. They've been averaging like 33 points per game over the last three games, and it feels like all their players that were injured are back and are healthy. You I mean you got Cooper Cup that he can throw to Puka Nakua? Kyron Williams on the ground has been unbelievable mm-hmm. you could take a look at his rushing yards prop that's at 88 and a half he smashed that number in four or five games and the one time he didn't he ended with 88 rushing yards which just goes to show you how good the books are hanging that right there with the hook at 88 and a half there but some things you could look at I also think probably likely Cooper will have a touchdown he has had one in three straight games that doesn't mean you know necessarily he would have one in this one but I wouldn't be surprised and since I like points on the Rams side that's what I'm looking at for tonight.
3: All right, Aaron, the matchup of the weekend is the Niners and Ravens. Definitely going to be one of the most physical games of the year. The Ravens are playing the disrespect card based (laughs) on the spread on this one. What say you?
2: I mean, it does feel a little bit disrespectful. I'm surprised in the manner that the line has moved. So it moved to minus five and a half right now at the time of this taping. It's minus five. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does feel a little bit disrespectful considering Lamar Jackson. This is second largest underdog role in his career. Okay. (laughs) These are two teams, basically same records. They're both streaking in their respective conferences. The 49ers have looked absolutely dominant. We've seen when they play tough competition, I mean, they smacked the Cowboys. They smacked the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. So they're rightfully so right now in the number uh, number one seed in in the NFC. But, I mean, I will say the Ravens, I mean, they're also looking really good as well. And to get five and a half points against a really, or five I should say now, is a little bit surprising. So I do think it's disrespectful. I thought the line would move more so in favor of the Baltimore Ravens just because people love to take those points in these tight games. But I understand the disrespect part. I probably lean more towards taking the points, but this is not going to be an easy game on Christmas Day at all. Um, But I do think, obviously, it's baked into the line a little bit just how good San Francisco has been against good competition.
1: Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Stay with there real quick. How much, because we're seeing this spread, because like you mentioned, the forty nines have been terrific, but we've seen the Ravens have trouble closing out teams. How much do you think, Aaron, yeah. that factored into the spread with these two teams?
2: That won't necessarily factor into the spread. I mean, there's different types of models and things that, you know, multi-million dollar models that put these lines together. Okay, um, But that is an issue and it can continue to be an issue because you always worry about, okay, that late touchdown at the end of the game there are seven points right there type situation so I understand that I mean five's kind of a dead number anyways at this point but I just think it, it could be a tighter game than people expect you know the 49ers playing at home is a huge huge advantage for them you know the Ravens are gonna have to go across country but the conditions everything should be fine I think the Ravens it's one. sometimes I feel like the narrative around teams feeling disrespected means mm-hmm. something right in a way and I think they could come out and try to really you know Put one on them, but at the same time, I mean, you're, you make a good point about the fourth quarter. Like, they can struggle in that spot.
3: All right. Uh, also, another great matchup this weekend, Aaron, is the Cowboys and Dolphins. Mm. Both teams desperately need this one. What's your outlook on this?
2: So surprisingly, I do like Dallas to win in this one. Okay. Um, it's it's not a to surprise, say. by yeah. the
3: way. It's tough
1: for you to say it, but yeah, it's, it's not a surprise. it's tough for me to say, no.
2: I mean, right now the Cowboys are getting a point. So at that point, you just play them on the money line. But this is going to be about the narrative of the Dolphins are good at home mm. and – you got the Dallas Cowboys who are on the road and they're not good on the road. And I understand both those narratives, but of course we're going to have to go matchup to matchup. And what I think about is the Dolphins, although they played all these games on the road, they did lose to the Bills. They did lose to the Chiefs. They did lose to the Eagles. So the last time they faced a really tough competition was Kansas City, and that was November 5th. So it's been some time since they've seen a really good offense, but... What also stands out to me about this game is the total at 49 and a half. I think this game will go over that total. I okay. think both these defenses are just not as great as people think they are. Yes, sure. those offenses can put up points, especially if Tyree Kill and company and some of the other guys come back. But the Cowboys should have a bad taste in their mouth after what happened. If they don't win this game on the road, I think mm. it says way more about them and just their, you know inadequacy on the road, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be pretty crazy. But I do think this is one of the spots, Dallas, they're going to have to do this to prove to people that they can even be taken seriously.
3: Aaron Dolan. In my eyes. Yeah, yeah,
1: great stuff. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Joining us here at ESPN Radio Freddie and Harry. Chad Brown, Freddie coming together chatting for Harry Douglas. We know the MVP, that market keeps shifting all the time. Yeah. Even though right now Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the 49ers, is at the head of that list. And I use those words right now. But we got three potential MVP candidates in the same game. Brock and Christian McCaffrey, the running back of the 49ers, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night when they face each other. Yeah, it's crazy. When it comes to that MVP market, what are you kind of seeing? What what kind of clarity yeah. can you give us on that?
2: So Brock Purdy's minus 215 at this point. So he's the odds on favorite, the only guy this season that has been an odds on favorite. What that means when I say odds on favorite is just a player that's at minus money, okay. um, or I should say minus odds. And then you have Lamar Jackson currently plus 450, Dak Prescott plus 650, and then Christian McCaffrey is 10 to 1. So is Josh Allen. Um, anybody else that's behind them at this point, like the season is winding down. So even though these teams are winning, there are going to be players that move in this market. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win it. Like okay. right now, if it was to close, Brock Purdy is likely going to win this. It's minus 215. I know a lot of people keep making the the case for Christian McCaffrey. And while that's great, like he is still 10 to 1 for a reason, because it is a long shot to go and win this award. If you think the Ravens though can win this weekend and win out, there is a chance that Lamar Jackson could win this award. So maybe you grab that a plus 450. If you don't think they're going to win this weekend, then it's a wash, and Brock Purdy will likely just win it, and these odds will probably shift drastically for him. So we're just getting to the point in this futures market, because I know we talk about it each week, that like it's really winding down. (laughs) You know, this is not... A market to start betting some of these long shots, like, you know, a Josh Allen at this point, just because he's looked good recently.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun this weekend, especially that game on Monday night when everything kicks off tonight, Saints and Rams. So if you pay attention, Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst, that means you'll have some money for extra presents by <laughs> Christmas night. Let's hope when that rolls around. Hit her on Twitter. Great follow at Aaron Kate Dolan. Happy holidays. Merry Happy Christmas. Happy holidays and to you absolutely too. Absolutely. Great stuff all year long. Can't wait to talk to you soon, Aaron. Yes. Thanks a lot. Great sure. stuff. Yeah, I was saying stuff about Aaron Dolan. By the way, I didn't get a chance to ask her the most disrespected player, team, or even coach in the playoffs. Well, I'm going to ask her right now. She hasn't gone anywhere yet. Who's the most – this year, who's been the most disrespected team when it comes to either team, coach, or player, Aaron, so far this year in the NFL, in your opinion? In
2: the NFL, mm-hmm. disrespected? I mean, yeah. probably – I mean, I think the Ravens kind of have make a case for themselves. Okay. I mean, I think people just constantly think, like – yeah, they look good, but then you look at the numbers. You're like, are they actually that good and X, Y, and Z? But probably, I would say the, the Ravens. Because I feel like we uh, maybe it's just because the shows I'm on. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we hype them up enough. But, I right. mean, it's a conversation now because Lamar versus Brock Purdy. Sure. But there are, I feel like, other teams in the AFC that we just harp on all season. And we kind of yeah. w- overlook the Baltimore Ravens, but know yeah. they're
1: there. By the way, Shannon, his guys are going to play your Eagles on Monday. He's, I know. He's, he's been talking smack.
2: I don't blame him. I am too. What? See, look at what there. What? what? I mean, look at Eagles there. Fan. Wait a minute.
1: Hold on a second.
2: I don't. Up I turn. Ju- I right just left. as quick as everybody else. Don't worry. Really? Yeah, that's an, that's atrocious. That's, that can't happen. That's
1: a typical Eagles fan, though. That really. <laughs> when things are you good, see, I'm
2: not in an Eagles hoodie. I,
1: <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Aaron. So yeah. she waited. She said that hey, there's a case to be made. When it comes to what the Giants and the Eagles and also being disrespected, we want to hear from you at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas on Freddie Coleman and Freddie Harry on ESPN Radio. Now, my man Chad believes that this guy who plays quarterback for the Dolphins is the most disrespected player in the NFL this year. And two two of lower, let everybody know that I'm disrespected. I'm sort of respected, but I keep receipts. We all we all have 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 a way of how we do things, but all the narratives about it. I am,
4: yeah, sure, I am only good with Tyreek and I, that, you're right, I am, that is the only time I am at my best, you're right, I'm only good when Jalen's in, I, I, I I could care less about it, like, sure, uh, if Jalen and those guys are not, like, I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be, like, that's what the narrative needs to be, and we're able to win games, and we're able to go where we want to go as a team, I am the worst football player, if that's what you want, like, I don't (laughs) care, so... Whatever it is, whatever you need on your show, take clips out, out of what I just said. Do
1: it do what you need to do. Like that I'm just here to do my job and my job is to help our guys win games. Chad, he doesn't care. He is lying because he clearly cares. And he said as much chat right at the beginning, I'm keeping receipts. You don't say that if you don't feel disrespected if you're too tungabaloa.
3: Absolutely, you don't say that. But, you know, I I like the attempt to to soften it and spin it after Mm -hmm. letting the cat out the bag where he clearly feels disrespected. And and I think there's, yes, all those things he was saying, those were based on receipts that he has kept. Those are things that he has heard. You're nothing without uh, Tyreek. You're nothing without this guy. Without this guy calling plays, you'd be nothing. So after hearing that so long, sure, whatever you guys want to say, go ahead and say it. Uh I'll keep my receipts, right. and then I will show you on the field who I am, what I can do, and how far I take my team.
1: You know who, too, reminds me of, remember when they had the Temptations miniseries on in the 1990s? Yes. And David Ruffin came back and stormed the stage and got yes. kicked off and got dragged out of there. That's to it right now. You guys are nothing of a bunch of fake behind Dolphins. But I'll do it to my Lord. Like, like they're dragging him off. That's who, too, <laughs> is right now to say, you know what? If I'm not there, as great as this offense is, Y'all better give me my proper because I make this whole thing go in Miami no matter who's there or who is not there. So Chad Brown believes, by Law most disrespected player in the NFL in 2023. Who is the most disrespected player, team or coach in the NFL this year? Let's hear from you on the Dr. Pepper calling line at Triple espn 888 888-729-3776. She is one of our favorites. She is sweet Loretta in Connecticut. Loretta, most disrespected player, team or coach in the NFL this season is who and why?
5: Um, I want to say Mac Jones because when he first came into the league, he was pretty good. And then that coaching carousel up there just ruined him. And I and I just think that he's better than what people give him credit for. And I hope that Belichick fixes that situation and get him back on track.
1: It's amazing how Loretta pointed out where you can really say that's the case for all those guys that got drafted in that draft. Between Zach Wilson with the New York Jets, Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears, Trey Lance with the San Francisco 49ers, and Mac Jones with the New England Patriots. Everybody thought, man, that's a star-studded class, no matter kind of question they had coming in. And the four guys I just mentioned, one guy's with a different team, one guy be with a different team, Mac Jones could be in a different team, and Justin Fields could be in a different team. I can't recall that happening with four of the top picks and the 15 picks of the draft. All quarterbacks could be somewhere else in 2024.
3: Yeah, you want to be a first-round quarterback? That typically means you're going to not a good football team, not a team that's got this organizational structure in place, not a team mm-hmm. that is prepared to give you, as a young quarterback, the best opportunity for success as you transition from college football to becoming the face of a $2-plus 1000000000 franchise. Right. Not everybody's prepared to deal with that. And these bad teams that typically draft quarterbacks early – They're bad teams for a reason. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot of structure that maybe the GM's not right. Maybe the personnel department's not right. Maybe they don't have the right culture in place to nourish a young quarterback. And that has been evidenced by even an organization, I think, as good as the Patriots, as Mm -hmm. good of a coach as Bill Belichick is, having Matt Patricia and call and Joe Judge call plays for Mac Jones? Right. Did you really think that was going to work? <laughs> really? I love Matt Patricia, an incredibly smart human being, but that's not his skill set. That's not how he was raised up as a football coach. You did not give Matt Patricia – nor Mac Jones, nor the Patriots. Best chance for success when you made that decision, Bill Belichick.
1: Eric Green hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN at Chad Brown 94 saying one of the most disrespected players this year is definitely quarterback Justin Fields in Chicago. No matter how well he plays, it's never good enough. Either keep him or build and build around him, or give him to my Giants, or Coach Tomlin in Pittsburgh, who needs a quarterback. Let the church say amen, 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 what Eric Green had to say. Another one of our favorites is Marissa in Mississippi. She's a hardcore Dolphins fan. I got a pretty good idea where this is going. Marissa, my sister, who is the most disrespected player, team or coach in the NFL, and why?
6: Hey, so of course I'm going to have to say Tua. And you know what? I listened to the clip you just, and I've listened to that clip like 30 times today. Uh And um, for me, it's like it it really does not matter with him what he does. I mean, last week against the Jets, granted, I know everyone, they want to talk great about the Jets when, you know, it's not Tua, but You know, he had a great game. There was no Tyreek Hill in that game. You're going up against the number five defense in the NFL. And, like, it's not even, wasn't really talked about much. I mean, the Bills were talked about, what they did, like all these other narratives. And I'm honestly surprised that Tua hasn't had that media moment that he had a long time ago. Because that's always the narrative. And I don't know what it's going to take to shift that. And for people to actually say, okay, you know, maybe there is something to this guy, you know, maybe we need to put a little bit of respect on his name, but it's just, it's just tired out at this point And, um, and, and just real quickly, I did not know you were a Cowboys fan. I don't uh-huh. know how I missed that. So I am very, I am going to be very interested to talk to you uh, next week when <laughs> on Monday.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that, Marissa. And to your point, Tua talking about lower on Sunday, twenty-one to twenty-four, two hundred twenty-four yards and one touchdown, like she said, against the number five defense in the National Football League. If Tua has that kind of performance this weekend versus the Cowboys, because that game is infinitely Chad going to get a lot more attention because of where he is who he is, and who he's playing. If he goes out there, whether Tyreek Hill is there or not, and he balls out, all of a sudden, that narrative will shift just a little bit. Not so much because of what he did against the Jets, but what he's doing against quote-unquote America's team when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Oh, absolutely! So, Marissa, my sister from another Mister, I, I, I'm with you 100. percent. That was the, all. Those were great points and points I've been trying to make all show long. Yes, uh, and I'm surprised it too has waited until this moment. But I think it sets up for what you're saying, Freddie. He has this moment in the press conference this week. He goes out and plays America's team this weekend. Yeah, he gets a chance to show the entire country. This is who I am. You guys have been disrespecting me. You guys have been undervaluing what I bring to this team and to this offense. And you guys want to point the fingers at everyone else for our success. It's time you give me a little of that love, too.
1: Megan in Washington State, who is the most disrespected player, team, or coach in the NFL this year, and why, my friend?
5: All right. I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. Now, You guys can pause for some eye-rolling on your end if you want to, but (laughs) you look at what he is doing, and you look at, all right, he got drafted number one to be a franchise quarterback. Didn't pan out. Then he goes to the Panthers to be a bridge quarterback. Goes to the Rams to be a bridge quarterback. Tampa Bay picks him up to be a bridge quarterback, but this guy is putting up franchise quarterback numbers, and he is bringing his team to an NFC South contention title. So it's not like he's out there just running around making commercials for insurance companies all the time. He's putting up numbers comparable to Mahomes and Allen and even Trevor Lawrence, who he's going to be facing this weekend. And I think he's somebody to look at. He's not going to say it. that he's not going to stand up there and have a press conference or mm-hmm. have a pity party for himself and say, <laughs> oh, I'm underrated or I'm unappreciated. No, he's putting in the work. He's putting his head down. He's keeping his mouth shut. And he's doing his job, which is what some of these GD quarterbacks should be doing instead of having pity party <laughs> press conferences.
1: Megan in Washington State, number one, holla at your Nina when it comes to Megan putting out those points. Number two, Chad Brown will tell you, we haven't rolled our eyes so much at Baker Mayfield, especially in the last five weeks. But to your point, Megan, look at his numbers. 3,315 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He has literally been sacked a lot this year. 33 sacks, but his quarterback rating is 94.7. Even with those offensive line troubles, look what he did. Became the first quarterback ever to have a perfect passer rating in Lambeau Field. Troy Aikman never did that as an opposing quarterback. All these great quarterbacks. It was Baker Mayfield. Megan's right. That guy has really been balling out this year, especially lately for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
3: Yeah, lately he's been putting together his best performances as a Tampa Bay Buck, and he has changed the narrative around himself as a guy who was thought of it as a bit of a joke. That's why mm-hmm. she said, you know, pause yourself with the eye roll, because, yes, <laughs> uh, seven weeks ago there would have been a massive eye roll, but based sure. on what he's done, no, that's a legitimate point she was making, and, and Baker is playing well enough that that conversation is not met with an eye roll. It's met with a head nod mm-hmm. of, yeah, you are absolutely correct here.
1: Watching him Sunday playing Green Bay, I said, boy, I can't recall him throwing the football that well his entire time in the National Football League. Like, everything was pinpoint, hitting guys in the hands. When, a, when he had an incompletion, the, even the receivers said, that was on me. <laughs> I got to be better running the route. I got to be better catching the football. That's how dialed in he was last Sunday, and that went for Tampa Bay. Tied for first place in the NFC South for, at this point of the season. One last one from Ricky in Indiana. Ricky, 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 who is the most disrespected player, team or coach in the NFL and why?
5: Uh, It's got to be Justin Fields. You put any quarterback in that situation, sacked that many times, no talent around him, uh, how many head coaches, how many offense coordinators, and all they can do is talk bad about him, and they got to go draft Caleb Williams.
1: I'm a big believer that if the New York Jets had drafted Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers would still be in Green Bay. I mean, Mm. firm, firm believer, because certain guys can overcome their circumstance. And if you put any kind of weapons around Justin Fields, we've seen a little bit of it. He had Cleveland Brown scared on Sunday. His ability mm-hmm. to make plays inside and outside the pocket, also making plays outside of it. If he had any kind of requisite talent, Chad, I firmly believe the Jets had drafted him and not Zach Wilson. The Jets would not have brought Aaron Rodgers in. They would have been further ahead and further ahead.
3: I think that's a, a fantastic point. And uh, I give Justin Fields a lot of credit because after being written off, he just continues to yep. go out there and perform week in and week out and find little subtle ways to get better every every single week. Absolutely. Every single week. And that's that's the mark of a of a competitor. Yep. Uh it's very I think it's very easy to get down on yourself, it's very easy to doubt yourself when so many people are out there are doubting you, mm-hmm. to be able to shut all that out. Go out there and do your thing. Even as they talk about bringing in the next hot quarterback from college. You should keep keep going out there and doing your thing. Justin Fields is a very mentally tough and strong dude, and I think that is a prerequisite for a long, successful NFL career, and he's put himself in that position.
1: And he would know about that. Chad Brown played 15 years in the National Football League. Always great to have him here. In for Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Freddie Coleman. Keep weighing in on the Dr. Pepper Calling line. Enter the chat on who is the most disrespected player team or coach in the NFL this season at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. We'll continue to take your calls. And also, we're going to clear up this whole mess in Philadelphia about blaming Jalen Hurts on why they are where they are or have been the last three weeks. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
4: That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. week 16 and you don't think everybody's committed enough and this is a team that's trying to win the super bowl but i don't think you look at last night's game and you say the defense is the reason that they lost they only scored 17 points to me that was the bigger problem
1: he is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Serious XM channel, 80 and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. 30 minutes away for more of your phone calls. Getting a lot of great reaction from you on the Dr. Pepper call online at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six about who is the most disrespected player, team, or coach in the NFL this year. Chad Brown believes it's two a ton by low a Miami Dolphins quarterback. I believe it's Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback, because his coach cannot stand him and probably can't wait to get rid of him. In 30 minutes, we'll hear what you have to say on who is the most disrespected player, team, or coach in the NFL at 888-729-3776. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, our boy Shannon Penn is going to be their Giants fan, our producer, with his son on Monday when these two teams, the Giants and Eagles, get together. It is must-win weekend in the National Football League, Chad. I never thought I would say a 10-4 team playing a 5-9 and nine team, would be in must-win mode. But this is clearly where we are at the Philadelphia Eagles, who started the season 10-1, and 1, and the last three games have not been a good last three games, all losses for the boys from the city of brotherly love.
3: Uh, let's just flash back three weeks ago, Freddie. Philadelphia had a quarterback that was the leading MVP candidate, and their team was headed directly back to the Super Bowl. And now things have changed considerably. You, know, you mentioned those three losses in a row Cowboys, Eagles, and Seahawks. Jalen Hurts has been incredibly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense can't find any rhythm. So, this is a must win for them. Number one, they can't lose four in a row. Amen. They've got to develop some kind of momentum going to the playoffs. But, okay, you lose to the Cowboys. You lose to the 49ers. Yeah, every team's going to stub its toe. Those are some tough losses, but you learn your lessons, you move on. But now with the Seahawks to beat you with Drew Locke, and now with the Giants possibly to come in there, and you, you're t- taking on Tommy DeVito. Right. Yeah, you can't allow your season to move from Super Bowl contender MVP candidate to now you're in a joke category.
1: It seems to me that anything that has ailed the Philadelphia Eagles in the last three games or even before then, plenty of blame was placed at the feet of Jalen Hurts, more than the coach, more than the defense, more than the wide receivers, more than anybody else. He has been getting that blame that he doesn't look the same or why has he not been able to motivate this team or be better for this football team. A lot of that blame game seems to have shifted into the area where Jalen Hurts is trying to exist and trying to make this work. Because on Monday, after they lost the Seattle Seahawks, Jalen Hurts let it be known. That word commitment needs to be reestablished in this
5: locker room. We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're we're, uh, committed enough. You know, just, just got to turn it around, you know. Um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. Just continue to see it through.
6: What do you mean by that, about being committed or
5: Commitment, I don't, don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects, and, you know, it, it starts with me.
1: Okay. That was Monday after they lost the Seattle Seahawks. Three days later.
5: You know, my my mind was in a in a place of just trying to challenge myself. Um, challenge myself. When I say we, I mean me, because i you know, I'm, I'm the point guard out there. I'm the one that makes everything go. Um, and I'm the, I'm the guy that everyone trusts in to do and set the pace uh, for everything. That's in um, how I play, that's in my leadership, that's in every aspect of the game and that comes with the shoes that I walk in. And so this is a challenge to myself. I think it's just a situation where we are, you know, where it's just something that we're going through, not something we're stuck in. All of that starts with me. Um, and that's something that I that I own. You know, that's something that I take responsibility in and I've never shied away from. And so I embrace that challenge. The last thing I want to do is leave that, lead that field and feel like I let my teammates down, feel like I didn't do enough for my teammates.
1: Hearing that chat three days later, I wonder how much, I don't want to say stink guy, but many kind of sideways glances, Jalen Hurts was getting in the locker room based on saying, I've got to be better for this football team. And I got the sense a lot of that had nothing to do with football in Philadelphia.
3: Hmm. Tell me more about that. What, you, what, what are you saying? Here's Frank?
1: why. Because to me, the Philadelphia Eagles have lost their identity. Mm-hmm. They're not running the ball. And it was critical of their success not only helping their quarterback where he could take those shots down the field, and he was a part of that running game, but also helping the defense. The defense always seemed to know that, man, no matter what, the, our offense is going to kill that defense. It's going to make it so much easier for us to play defense because the offense is going to stake us the leads. Or if they don't, the offense is going to find a way to come back and make those kind of plays. Jalen Hurts has had more people barking at him, starting with A.J. Brown, and at times he and Nick Sirianni have had a little bit on the sidelines as well. It seems that when things go wrong or plays aren't being made, the obvious choice for people to go after has been him. And I wonder how much of that is guys looking at the going, hmm, hey, Jalen, I know you're injured, but we need you to be a little bit better. Because Jalen, in my opinion, is too classy to call out guys. He's not going to have those sideline moments like we saw from A.J. Brown and other people where he's got to say, yeah, it's my bad, it's my bad. He's taking on the sins of a lot of guys in that organization. Coaching that does matter, that has not been up to par either, but it seems that he's bearing the weight of a lot of sins, in my opinion, that's gone on in that locker room and that has been transferred to the field by the Eagles have lost their last three in a row.
3: Hmm, man. Uh, I heard a guy with the second soundbite who uh was walking back a little bit from the commitment comment Mm -hmm. um, and still trying to find ways to uh articulate it so he went with uh, i gotta find a way to play better sure because in the end that's always going to be an acceptable answer from a locker room from a coaching perspective from a from a media perspective when a player says i gotta find a way to play better then great you fall on the sword you don't have to dive into what you said before. You don't have to explain or expand upon that thought. I just got to find a way to play better. And, and, and that's kind of an encapsulation of what you're saying right there. Rather than taking that opportunity to point the finger at other places, just, yeah, it's on me. I'll find a way to get this done. Now, that's a way to do it publicly. But if people need to be called out within that locker room, locker room is supposed to be the ultimate safe space right we're all in here trying to accomplish some goals it's the ultimate place of meritocracy right and that doesn't matter where you come from how old you are whether you did two years at the school you did we're a five-year guy doesn't matter you went to ivy league you went to the sec you're mm-hmm. here to help us win and if you are not doing that you can be called out by a leader on this football team but publicly right. i think jalen hurts took the right path
1: there. Chad Brown for Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'll throw this question at you because you brought something that was really, really cool in terms of the locker room is supposed to be your safe space. We're in it together. Just like in the movie. We ride together. We die together. (laughs) Yes. Bad boys for life. life. We ride together. We fly together. Bad Eagles for life. So that has to be in that locker room where it's going to be us versus everybody else because we have to believe and trust us more than anything else. How much do they need an impressive win over the Giants on Christmas Day to kind of feel that they're back to being the Eagles team that they thought they were but have not seen especially in the last three weeks?
3: Oh, absolutely. And and this, this sets up for an opportunity for them to get the win, but not win good enough, Mm -hmm. not get, not get a big enough win. They're double digit favorites. So, you know, Vegas is expecting a significant win, but I think to really for that locker room to be able to move forward and suddenly have go from a chaotic, what's this, what's this uh, commitment conversation going on to kumbaya then it's got to be at least a 14-point win. It's got to be commanding. It's got to be significant for the Eagles to feel that way.
1: Somewhere, somehow, and I know one of our producers, James Steele, will appreciate this as a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Somewhere Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going, welcome to our world Mm. of being the hunted instead of just being the hunter. I don't think people realize what that is like. The Patriots damn near did it for 20 years where everybody gave them their best shot once they got that rolling. In the last five years, that has been the domain of the Kansas City Chiefs where you're getting everybody's best shot because they have been the hunted, the minute, the first time the Patrick Mahomes got this team in the AFC Championship game, you knew they were going to be those dudes. They were going to be that team. The Eagles are finding out that being that hunted is not the same and not as cool when it comes to being the hunter. You can even hear it in the voice of Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach. When that word accountability came up, and boy, did he get testy with a report in Philadelphia.
4: And that compete accountability—they're not in any order. So accountability—you can again. When Chris asked me the question, accountability—I didn't say something to Chris that I'm not saying to you right now. Accountability is the, the main, main one of the main core values we have, and we live by those every single day. Hey Nick, uh, I think you'd probably agree that the standard hasn't been met on either I just, side. Yeah, of- I just said that uh, two seconds ago. See, testy. Mm. <laughs> Salty.
1: Mm-hmm. Woo! The Eagles need to play more like that, like their coach. Getting tested with local media. Because that's one thing that has not been there on both sides of the football. Shannon Penn, our producer, brought up something. They've only won one game this year by more than double digits. And that was against Miami, 31-17. Everything else, five points, nine points, seven points, losing. That Eagles team, this is not what they thought was going to happen. And if it's going to happen in three winnable games, two against the Johns and the Cardinals, Chad, they better be as testy as their head coach was this week with with that, that exchange with reporters about accountability and that equals
3: organization. Yeah, you want to be the champ? Well, then you got to withstand the the, the, the champ and the scrutiny that, that comes with that. You want to be able to be one of the top teams? You want to have your game circled on the schedule week in and week out? Your opponent shows up and gives you their absolute best? Well, you got to find a way to withstand all that pressure. And to your point, it seems like there's the cracks are starting to show for Sirianni. The cracks are starting to show for Jalen Hurts. And so to go out and dominate a Giants team that doesn't have a whole lot to play for here, mm-hmm. that would go a long way to kind of calming the situation down, removing that testiness from it, and just getting focused on finishing the season on a high note and rolling into the playoffs with some momentum.
1: Piece of advice with the Eagles when you play the Giants at home on Monday, do not get bo- booted home in your home park on Christmas mm. Day. You know, that would be the worst colon stocking ever if you're not beating the Giants because they will let you have it if you're not able to beat the Shannon Penn Giants, and he's going to be there in person. Hey, you mean me. Obnoxious. I'm going to be there Monday. You better not be obnoxious in that building. In my full, Man. full New York Giants glory. Yeah, you, with my New York Giants socks that I got from Jerry, okay. I'm going to be in there. Put it this way. That will be great. It'll be a Christmas day for you. On that day, it'll be a Christmas... Day after funeral for you if you do something like that in full blue and red gear we'll, we'll, we'll give you last rights right now if you can employ that strategy Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry and on the college football front boy they did Michigan football another favor based on what happened yesterday and that could be bad news for Alabama when these two meet in the semifinals we'll get to that next on ESPN radio and the ESPN app this is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio
0: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
4: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio.
1: Vance, who is the biggest trash talker in your family? Man, gentlemen, I'd have to say it was my late father, VP, the original VP senior. But see, because here's the thing, he didn't only talk trash when we played basketball. He used them old man tricks, like pulling on your shirt. And then he stepped on my foot when I tried to jump, talking about where you going. His car broke down. His car's 3,000 pounds. So I'm trying to push it up the incline on gravel. He's like, well, you lift all them weights and stuff. You can't even push this car. i like, that? <laughs> Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 8 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Here we go again with Michigan football violations. According to sources, their coach Jim Harbaugh faces a level one violation for allegedly not cooperating with or misleading NCAA investigators about alleged violations that happened by the football staff during the COVID-19 recruiting dead period. That's what two university officials told ESPN. Now remember, Michigan imposed a, self, a self-imposed three-game suspension for Harbaugh to begin the season, as well as a one-game suspension for offensive coordinator Sharon Moore as part of the negotiated resolution for his involvement. When I heard about this, there was two things I thought of, Chad. Number one, if you're Alabama, this is the worst thing that can happen because now Michigan has something else to rally around when it comes to head coach. Number two, I'm even fairly certain now, Chad, that Michigan will have a new football coach in 2024 because Jim Harbaugh, when 2023 is over, no matter what happens in the playoff, he's going to go back to the NFL because this is just too hot for him and Michigan football for him to stick around.
3: Wow, so Jim Harbaugh does the Pete Carroll.
1: Yes, he does. That's All what right. I'm saying.
3: Leaves leaves up top, leaves a, an amazing program behind to avoid the sanctions and uh, gets the NFL and gets the big money. I, I can completely see that as, as, as well. Um, you know, I think Michigan is a team this year with so much veteran leadership. Their ability to rally around whatever cause it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw that, that run where Harbaugh was suspended for three games against Ohio State and good good So They had Maryland where Harbaugh was not on the sideline as well found a way to go out and get it done. Uh, there's so much veteran leadership, so many guys who bypassed on going to the NFL mm-hmm. to try to win a championship at Michigan. I don't think those guys get distracted by any of this kind of stuff. Um, they keep their head focused. One more thing, to rally around, and they win the championship, and Harbaugh exits into a very cushy, lucrative landing in mm-hmm. the NFL.
1: How much do you think he's going to get paid in the NFL? Let's, let's say if... if- my thought process plays out. He's going to command a lot of money when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. The,
3: the rumor is Belichick is north of $20 million a year yeah. uh, out there in New England. I don't think he'll get that kind of money. But uh, twelve to to fifteen million a year, I could see that certainly to get Harbaugh, because you know he's going to be all about football. You know he's going to be super intense. Mm-hmm. He's going to wear on people in the in the facility. He's going to wear out as welcome as he has done every other place he's been. But for the first three or four or five years, yeah. it's going to be sweet. It's going to be an amazing football environment.
1: Right now, the top ten highest paid NFL coaches: number one is Bill Belichick, as Chad mentioned for the Patriots, north of twenty million. Sean Payton, number two, by the Denver Broncos, eighteen million. Pete Carroll at Seattle Seahawks at number three at 15 million. Sean McVay, the Los Angeles Rams at also tied at three at 15 million. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number five at twelve and a half million. Andy Reid at Kansas City Chiefs at 12 million at number six. John Harbaugh, Jim's brother, Baltimore Ravens, 12 million at number seven. Cal Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers, 10 million at number eight. Josh McDaniels, no longer coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. They were paying that dude ten million dollars a year for mediocrity when it came to him. And Mike Ray with the Tennessee Titans at nine point five million. I can't believe that the Las Vegas Raiders paid Josh McDam's $10 million for
3: nothing. Still paying him. <laughs> still, still paying him. him. Still paying him. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Coaching salary is guaranteed. <laughs> All you need is to get one one head coaching opportunity. You are good for life after that because they, they got to still give you that money.
1: Man, Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys, nowhere in that top 10 list, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. Nowhere in that top 10 list.
3: Uh, I think it will change after this season.
1: Depending what happens after this playoff season. Because Jerry Jones wants to give him an extension. Jerry Jones believes in Mike McCarthy. He does not want the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy to give him a reason to not bring that guy back. Because Jerry Jones you're right. Jerry Jones will pay you if he believes that you can bring him to the Holy Grail of getting another championship. He is on his knees every night, Chad, praying that the Cowboys find a way to either the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl because he wants to bring Mike McCarthy back to be his head coach.
3: Yeah, and Jerry Jones has said the coaching staff is actually the best part of this year's Cowboys team. Mm-hmm. So as good as Dak Prescott has played, yeah. as good as, as those individual players on the field have been, mm-hmm. Jerry Jones sees the value in what, what Mike McCarthy has accomplished this year.
1: Chad Browning for Harry Douglas, me, Freddie Coleman, and Freddie and Harry. And boy, do the Baltimore Ravens feel disrespected. Why? Find out next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.